Hello, I'm Jacob Zimmer, official steward of the Fun Palace. Thank you for listening to the Fun Palace Radio Variety Show hosted by Cedric Littlewood. The Fun Palace would love to hear from you. We are on the internet. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty hosts are This episode, Gabe Levine, Matt Smith, Liz Peterson, and Sasha Chapin all sing songs. Gabriel Novus continues looking for Walter Benjamin, and Questions in the Dark with trumpeter and organizer Michael Lewis Johnson. Plus, more details on the upcoming live show in Toronto, Ontario. Hello again, faithful listeners. I am still your host, Cedric Littlewood. In the latest envelope with the files that the Fun Palace sent to me, there were some instructions, or maybe guidelines, for the optimal listening activities for the Fun Palace podcast. They called them, surprisingly enough, Instructions for Listening. The Radio Variety Show can be used to help enliven the deadly routine that burdens so many. We suggest listening to the Fun Palace Radio Variety Show while on public transit and or walking from one place to another. Ideally, use this time to not only listen to the audio, but to look around and notice the abundant human and non-human variety around you at any moment. Perhaps you may see a nice older man and imagine he was Gabriel Novus or Hannah Arendt. Perhaps, while passing a couple walking their dog, you could pretend that they were answering questions on the radio or maybe asking the questions. To see a postal truck and wonder if it was the postal truck singing the song you are listening to. Or if not traveling, these activities could be adapted to, for example looking out the window, or, barring that, doing the dishes. If you have a dishwasher, then sit with a pet, or a co-listener, or simply stare at a fish. If none of those are possible, then listen however you can. It sounds like maybe you're having a hard time. The important thing is that it would be nice to rest your eyes on something that moves or changes, non-narratively, but with interest. Thank you for however you listen. Okay, I I can sort of go along with that, other than the part where they anthropomorphized a postal truck. I've never heard one of those singing, and frankly, if I did, I'd probably phone the police. They also wanted me to tell you that there is a live edition of the Fun Palace Radio Variety Show coming up in Toronto on December 14th at the Burdock Music Hall on Bloor, west of Dufferin, north side. They wanted me to tell you that we're sorry if this news is no longer current or irrelevant due to current geographic location. They also wanted us to hear this song by Sasha Chapin. You're my golden ticket 
You're the reason I write. You're the only reason I don't hold my head all night. Oh, this afternoon I feel lighter than a loose balloon. So open up the door. I'll learn to love you more. You're so good to look good for. Open up the door. I'll learn to love you more. You're so good to look good for. When I'm in the sunshine, I forget my name. I forget my manners, but I know you feel the same. Oh, this afternoon I feel as dumbstruck as the moon. So open up the door. I'll learn to love you more. You're so good to look good for. Open up the door. I'll learn to love you more. You're so good to look good for. That was "Golden Ticket" by Sasha Chapin, a singer-songwriter who not only sings and writes songs, but has also written prose about mental health in a way that I found, well, quite moving. Actually, you can find him on Bandcamp and on Twitter, and I'll post a link to an article on the Fun Palace website that maybe you'll want to read. Last week, in the World War II detective story "The Mysterious Death of W. B." The clearly alcoholic private investigator slash small business owner Gabriel Novus visited the eccentric sister of Walter Benjamin, a philosopher who he is trying to find. So far, we know that Benjamin might be suicidal and is carrying a heavy briefcase that may or may not contain a manuscript that may or may not exist. That all seems clear enough. I think all we need to know is that Novus is taking a train, which he hates doing, apparently, to the south to find out more, which would indeed be helpful. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bun Palace players are proud to present Chapter Six of the Mysterious Death of W. B. Favorite, ter- <laughs> fuck that shit. <laughs> Can we go just go back to the top so I can hear the music again? It's <laughs> good. I liked it. I didn't notice a mistake. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fun Palace players are proud to present Chapter Six of The Mysterious Death of W. B. 
we return you to 1941 and Gabriel Novus, the retired detective, trying to lead a quiet life in spite of a world war. It seemed like two of everyone in Europe was on that train to Marseille, trying to escape the flood. A couple of times I thought I caught someone checking me out, but those were suspicious times and I had to watch out for my own paranoia. The streets were no different. Folks rushing around, trying to get papers. Everyone was trying to keep their heads down, avoiding eye contact, which made it hard to find anyone who might know Benjamin. But I didn't blame them. They had good reasons not to want to be found. Well, if it isn't Gabriel Novus, my, my favorite P.I. Turn, turn bookseller. Arthur. Luck was on my side. Sitting there, wearing a Foreign Legion uniform and four days' worth of a beard, was Arthur Kessler, a writer and Benjamin's neighbor back in Paris. You, you getting out? Seems that way. Doesn't it, though? Darkness, every time of day, everywhere I look, even at noon. There can't be anybody left in Paris, eh? I, I keep seeing them here. Kessler had been drinking, and he didn't hold it well. Really? Who else is around? Oh, you know, um, what's well, a square jaw, old, old auto cats. Said I had a said I had an inferiority complex. No, no an inferiority cathedral. <laughs> Swell guy. And Jenny, and you just missed Walter. Really? Can you believe it? Old Benjamin even tried to pass himself off as a sailor. <laughs> Didn't make it halfway up the gangplank. Nothing is more sad than the death of an illusion. <laughs> Should write that down. You don't say. Yeah, you, good guy though. Great man. Gave me half his pills, just in case, he said. Pretty weird world, we're giving someone pills to, to kill themselves as an act of kindness. Darkness, darkness, darkness. Yeah, sure. You remember where he was headed? Uh, mountains. Said said you wanted to walk? Vendress or someplace like that. Uh, mountains to Spain. You, you, you could probably pull off the sailing trick, though. Thanks. I like the sound of a walk. Nice running into you, Arthur. Gotta go see a man about some papers. Yeah, don't we all? Good luck. Thanks. Looking back now, I might have noticed the mousy man sitting at the next table with a notepad. But I didn't. So it's neither here nor there. But I should have. The only place that had mountains, Spain, and anything like Vendress was Port Vondres. Next train going didn't leave for a couple of days. I spent my nights at bars and my days wishing I hadn't. The train was desperate. More than... Oh! But the whistle was the same. More than two of each kind of European was on that train. I felt almost calm compared to the people getting off at small towns, finding their own ways to what might be a better life. When I arrived in Port Vondres, I walked the streets, doing my best to ask the right people the right questions. Sorry, you want what? Gotta ask the police about that. I, I don't know. Oh, head down, head down. Why did he ask me? Why would you leave? The future is here. You could pretend to be a sailor. Psst. See Fitco at the hotel. People keep showing up, checking in, and then disappearing. She might know where the bodies go. Mrs. Fitco? Yes? I was told to see you that you might be able to help. Were you? What kind of help are you looking for? Help. Moving. Moving where? Somewhere harder to reach by tank, maybe a long walk, then a boat ride. Hmm. I may be able to help you, but I can't go with you. That's fine. I can move pretty well by myself. I have a map. I could tell you the route. It would be much appreciated. Have you used it before? The map? No, the route. Yes, actually, well, just a week ago. Well, if you don't mind me asking, who are you taking across? I do mind, actually, Mr... Just call me Angel. 
Well, let me be more direct. Was it Walter Benjamin? Did you know him? Yes. He made it across then. I'm very sorry, Mr. Angel. Sorry? The group was turned back at the Spanish border after I left them. I was told yesterday that Walter Benjamin... is dead. It was then that I noticed the mousy man with the notepad. And a sick feeling in my stomach. That concludes Chapter 6 of The Mysterious Death of W.B. What happened to Benjamin? Who was the man writing everything down? Join us live for the Fun Palace Radio Variety Show to find out, or stay tuned to us on the internet if you are nowhere near Toronto. Well, there you have it, folks. Walter Benjamin is dead, which would, of course, explain the death part of the title. But it is mysterious, so I expect there will be further revelations in the next few chapters. In the meantime, let's move on with some music. Gabe Levine is another singer-songwriter-guitarist. You know, for a palace that claims to be all about variety, I might suggest that perhaps they should try plugging something in sometimes. The music is very nice, and I like it a lot, but sometimes if I have to go outside, I prefer a little more electricity and even some drums. But again, that's nothing against Gabe Levine and the singers Ivy Mary and Martha Farquhar McDonnell, who sing in a family band, Kith and Kin. I'll post some links to all their projects. Here they are, performing his original song, Range of Emotion. It's a range, a range of emotion, a change in the ocean, a distant sound. And it's strange, a strange kind of motion, a wavering notion. It's coming round, it's coming round. We've been running through our lives, thinking on the saddest times, how to mark it, and when to spark it up. All the ghosts are stumbling in, look lively, let's begin. There's a dance step that I can't forget. It's a smooth sort of feeling The moon human stealing Haunting the replay A face in the picture The shape of a figure Haunting the replay So you launched your little ship and gave us all this lit Got a lighter And held on tighter Learn how to change your shape And vanish from the tape Didn't want no Part in that show But there's a blur at the border A slip in the order Haunting the replay A bend in the wire Sand in the fire Haunting the replay Haunting the replay Haunting the replay And it's a range A range of emotion 
change in the ocean A distant sound And it's strange, a strange kind of motion A wavering motion It's coming round, it's coming round There's a blur at the border, a slip in the order Haunting the replay A bend in the wire, sand in the fire Haunting the replay A face in the picture, the shape of a figure Haunting the replay That was Gabe Levine performing Range of Emotion. Next up, a new segment of the Fun Palaces series of Questions in the Dark. This time, the questions are being asked of Michael Lewis Johnson, of whom blogto.com wrote, Michael Lewis Johnson is a really good bartender. He does a lot of things besides pour pints, of course. He's a dad to a three-year-old girl. He's a cycling and public space advocate, an actor, and he plays in three bands, The Red Rhythm, Rambunctious, and the Lemon Bucket Orchestra. As for what it means to ask questions in the dark, I leave it to Fun Palace steward Jacob Zimmer. Uh, And because this is the Fun Palace, we don't quite do things the normal way. Uh, So we would like to do a little radio experiment, uh, and we do questions in the dark. So so we can start turning out the lights in the the space. There we go. Uh, This red light apparently makes us look like we're, like, testifying against the mob. I'm usually really afraid of too many questions in the dark. I find when it's really dark, you want to be quiet. All right. This feels pretty dark. Um, If you want to make this more dark, Michael, I I often do this. Um, You can do this if you're listening at home or or in the room. Uh, To make things really dark, you can close your eyes. (laughs) Which defeats a little bit the purpose of turning all the lights out. But... It does make a difference. You can tell, you can tell in the body. Are you close to your eyes, Michael? Yes. Yes. So you, among other things, play music at protests. Uh, could you give us just a little example of that? Well, I, well, I used to do something like this. How I go out. That's so lovely. Stuff and like that. Stuff like that. And you can do that while riding your bicycle. I do that while riding my bicycle. It's true. Is that, um, have you ever had like, did you practice that before you tried it with lots and lots of people? No. No, you were just like. I, I knew that I could ride a bicycle and I knew that I could play the trumpet. And so I pretty much, I figured it was a safe bet. So there are things that I know how to do that, and I know how to ride a I feel like I want to say to our listening audience and to you that perhaps that shouldn't be expanded to all things that one knows how to do and one knows how to write. Just has to be things that you can do with one hand. We'll walk away from that. Yeah, everybody's eyes are closed. They're all feeling dirty. (laughs) Okay. Um. So you you were a part of 
uh, critical mass in Toronto? Uh, yeah, for many years. I haven't been for a while just because um, of it's always the last Friday of the month and I, I wound up working Fridays an awful lot. Um, so I've missed... Uh, it's been kind of replaced with a thing called the art spin, uh, which is less of a protest and more of an, an art event. And before people know it, they, they're breaking the law. Um, and, um, and riding on mass four or five hundred people taking over the streets of Toronto. And so, what what is the how how do you trick them into breaking the law? Um, well, they people come out for an art event, and they, it's not a protest event, and so more people actually come out because they don't think they're at a protest. Wow! And then protest, they, protests are so lowly attended that art does better. It's true. Art actually does better than protests. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, sorry, so they, they come out for an art event, and then... Well, and then and they know it's a bike ride, but they don't necessarily know that we're going to ride en masse. And when you ride en masse, the safest way to do it is to acknowledge the, the rules of critical mass, which are not um, rules from above, they're just rules of reality, which if you have 500 people all cycling together, they should stick together. Right. And, and if you come to a light, and the light turns the light is red, you stop. When the light turns green, you go. If it turns red again before everybody gets through, you keep going. Right. No, nobody's going to drive their cars through a bunch of cyclists. <laughs> you just you keep the mass close, and that keeps everybody safe. It's, it's the law of critical mass. Right. Um, and, and you do other events that take spaces. Yeah? Like you... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, as your eyes adjust, you may need to close your eyes. Sorry. Just, yeah, I, I um, hear that being discussed in the in the in the in the room that you're listening to. Yeah, um, I, I find that uh, I used to, I had a I've done a lot of protesting and a lot of um, um, street reclamation, public space reclamation. Uh, I had a punk band for a while, and I, and I found that and doing theater as well, right? Mm-hmm. That you're all often preaching to the converted as the saying goes and that I find that bringing art into the public realm um, paying for a parking meter spot on Queen Street and then just doing a play or playing trumpet or having your band play or something you'll hit people when they're not expecting it and people who don't usually see theater or go see a band or listen to poetry uh, and you'll take them when they're not expecting it And, and I think that that's really a way to make an impact on the culture. When did you... Uh, your musical background, uh, punk is one. Um, just in something you just said about surprise and jazz and or punk are both uh, mediums that I think I think of surprise as being part of them. Uh, did that... Did the music element of surprise precede or follow the the questions of surprising people politically? Um, I think the reason of doing it in the street is that it's not so much surprise. Surprise is like, why? You know, like a a sort of a a shock or a surprise, but just that um, unexpected moment of human intimacy, right? I mean, for me... Um, one of the reasons why I'm not so involved in the protest movement anymore is because I think that trying to change the government is one level of things that needs to be done, granted. Right, yes. But that really, at the heart of it, what people don't realize is that we need a cultural revolution. 
and that when our culture has been revolutionized, then the change will be natural within a democratic system. But to expect change from above, it'll never happen. So the reason to make art is to share humanity. So when there's, if there's a way that I can make every moment more human, then, then, then that serves the cultural revolution, right? So mm-hmm. if people are walking their baby in a stroller on a Friday afternoon and all of a sudden there's a trumpet player with his bicycle parked in a parking spot and he's playing some beautiful song like Nature Boy or something. I mean, I was playing one time and, and a little two-year-old Sorry, child um, started crying, all. right? Yeah. Crying, not crying out of being upset, but crying because it's a really beautiful, sad song. And, and it was a very profound moment both for the mother and the child. And to me, that is, uh, that is a cultural revolution. Can you play a little bit of Nature Boy? A little bit of Nature Boy? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful song. Uh... If I, if I walked down the street and heard more of that. But that's not the normal music of protest. I mean, one of the things that excited me, like, I think I was at like, some yay biking Toronto event. <laughs> and, um, and one of the reasons I think I stopped going to protest was like rhyming things with four, like one, two, three, four, blankety blank, no more. Um, five, six, seven, eight, something, something, that's what we hate. Like those, those. Yeah, hate. Hate. Right? Protest is all about hate. It's all about the hate. And it's all about like very strict rhythmic counts and chanting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, but then, like, because you don't play, even even the little fanfare at the beginning, you play sort of not the most common of protest songs. (laughs) Yeah. Um, A lot of, a lot of the sort of, I mean, 2003 was a big time for protesting when um, Afghan, the bombing of Afghanistan, and there was 80,000 people in minus 30 degrees protesting in Toronto. And, and remember, when, of, remember when we cared when our government started wars? Yeah, yeah. Now we bomb, you know, and nobody really what, cares. What, but, what is? Um, and one of the things about protesting is it's like we're trying to stop war, and there's all these people gathered together to stop war, and they're gathered together and to get angry and violent and angry at the cops who were, you know, trying to keep everybody safe and angry at everybody. And, and so uh, my buddy Shemez and I decided that we got to go in and change this and bring some, some celebration mm-hmm. and some joy. I mean, we're trying to create... The reason we're here is because we believe in a life of peace and joy and love and so let's all get together and be angry together. Well, it doesn't really make sense, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? As, as, uh, as Shemez always says, the angrier we get, the funnier we must become. Hmm. 
right? And so, so I mean, we developed a company for a while called the Canadian Capitalist Clowns that would go to these protests and, and, and you know, try to make light of some of the uh, absurdity of the system that we live under, and, you know, that kind of thing. That being said, are there any chants, like some of the more standard chants that, that you do enjoy a lot? No. <laughs> okay. Um, on that note, thank you very much, Michael Lewis Johnson. <laughs> well, thank you, Jacob, for having um, me. It's a pleasure. You, can, you can find him. He's on, a, on the internet uh, at The Communist Daughter. Uh, that set has a thing that I've never been to, and it's a regret in my life. When, when should I come in order to change that regret? Uh, any Saturday between 4 o'clock and 7 o'clock. All if right. you want a seat, get there at 3.30. Okay, good to know. Yeah. All right, thank you. Michael Lewis Johnson, Questions in the Dark. We can now turn, um, be careful of your eyes. We're now going to turn on the lights again. That was Questions in the Dark with Michael Lewis Johnson. Finally, we close this podcast with another song from duo Matt and Liz. Matt is Matt Smith, who is sometimes called Prince Nifty, a musician and producer. He does plug things in in much of his work, but at the Fun Palace Variety Show... <clears throat> He is unplugged, playing beautiful guitar, how unexpected. And Liz is Liz Peterson, an actress and producer. It looked like she had a busy summer doing multiple shows at a time, all of which seemed very interesting and well-received. Apparently, this is the first time they are singing together, though they are familiar with each other. They sing a lullaby from a play called Blood Wedding. So, good night. Little child, little child on a big horse that won't drink water. Under the branches, the water is black. When it gets to the bridge, it starts to sing. Who knows, John, what the water says? Dragging its long train down, down the green hall. Sleep, little Faster than water
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The Fun Palace gratefully acknowledges the support of the Toronto Arts Council for this project and just generally. You can find the Fun Palace at funpalace.ca or wherever good podcasts are found. Go forth. Have fun. Multiply variety. Multiply variety.